and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case, and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in our studio today is my co-pilot, Lil Baron. Hey, Mr. K. Lil Baron. <laughs> How you know, are you doing? I'm doing good. Good. You know, this is the time of year where I feel like I get asked more often than any other time, like, what do you do right. the rest of the time? Like, right. your event's over. Like, what's going on? You, know? you work full time? Yeah. So, you know, like... Of course, there's a lot of Minecraft being played on our computer. You still have right, Minecraft right, installed yeah, on your Windows yeah. computer, right? Solitaire. Mm-hmm. No, so I thought it might be fun just to quickly kind of give you an overview of the cycle. Oh, yeah. Of how the games work and the things that go into it. Uh, just pull the curtains mm-hmm. back just a little bit and uh, kind of see well, that. Well, not too far. Not too far back. Yeah, no. There's stuff back there we don't want anybody to see. Right. <laughs> just a little peek. Right. But um, there, there is a lot that goes into there the games, is. obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that I always point out is that the games, the Huntsman World Senior Games, has the same number and, and this year exceeded the right. number of athletes that compete in the summer olympic games yes. now of course we're not the olympics you know right. we don't we don't win a bid and then they build a whole bunch of <laughs> brand new sports facilities like it's it's not it's not mm-hmm. that but it's still pretty significant yeah there's yeah. a lot going on, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, of course, the, the Olympics, they make their announcement eight and sometimes 12 years in right. advance. <laughs> so they have all that time to get ready and prepared. And, of course, we have the 11 months, <laughs> right. you know. And so uh, there's there's a, there's that uh, aspect. And then they'll have a staff of mm-hmm. hundreds and hundreds of people. And we have six full-time people and, right. <laughs> you know, some, some seasonal part-time that help us out as well. So there's mm-hmm. plenty to do year-round. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. want to put everyone's fear. <laughs> At to ease. rest. <laughs> There's lots to do, but the first thing, and I've mentioned this the last several weeks on mm-hmm. the show that, that we do is there's there's a cleanup phase. Oh, you know, yeah. it, there's a lot of equipment that is involved in the games. There's a lot of counting and inventorying, mm-hmm. and that's got to be wiped down and you know put away and boxed and mm-hmm. put in crates so that it's all ready to go next year when right. we pull it out and the games are here again, which happens faster than <laughs> than you think. Right. Um, so there's a cleanup phase, and we're still in the midst of that. Yeah. To some degree, we're finally coming to the end of it. (laughs) Yes, but it just—it's just a a thing that takes time, you know. You can walk down our halls now. (laughs) Yeah, but there's supplies, you know. There's everything from Mm -hmm. pictures that we use to fill up our five-gallon water uh, coolers with, to flags and signs Mm -hmm. and pencils and little golf pencils and staplers and tape, and you know, there's just all kinds of things that have to be inventoried and put away. And so that's the first thing, and then immediately following that, we we have a staff re cap mm-hmm. where all of us just sit around the table and we just talk about all of our areas <laughs> the things that we're in charge of yes. and uh, all the things that we thought went well and the things that we need to do better and everybody gets an opportunity for feedback mm-hmm. and and you know again it's a it's a big undertaking so it that takes is. time this is not like a one of those <laughs> let's let's stand so that we can get, move things along because it's only going to be 30 minutes and we're all going to get back to our offices it's it takes a while Lil, take. how many what day are we on we are on the third we're on day, day number three of that one right <laughs> yes. so there's a lot that goes into that and then uh, immediately following that we meet with all of our mm-hmm. directors mm-hmm. our sports directors our committee directors mm-hmm. so we're looking at all 35 sports we're looking at all of the non-sport activities mm-hmm. and functions that go on everything from refreshments to 
welcoming to check in to um, shirt distribution to shirt distribution and yeah. just everything you know and, and there's a lot of that too that mm-hmm. happens even behind the scenes that many people right. wouldn't know oh, you have a committee for that I never thought of that there's yeah. a lot of that as well and that all also <laughs> takes time <laughs> yes, it and does. while that is going on what we're doing is gathering information to find out not only what went well, which we want to continue right. to do, and what didn't go well, which we want to make sure that we mm-hmm. don't keep doing, but we're trying to figure out, was the venue the right venue? Mm-hmm. Was it available? Was it available in the times that we needed it? Did we do a good job of scheduling, or did we need to do a better job there? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, did, did we get feedback from athletes? That's a great time for us to review that mm-hmm. as well. Uh, so, you know, again, just a time commitment, a time, yeah. time-consuming activity. Um, but we're trying to get that ready so that by the time we reach the end of the year, and I will say we do take the last two weeks of December off yes, uh, because it's been a long time since we've seen our families, <laughs> yes. right? So we take a couple of weeks off in December, mm-hmm. but by January 1st, we're ready to register teams. Yeah. And so at, at the very minimum, the dates have to be set because yeah. we can't have teams coming in and registering for you know, softball on these days. And then we find out, Oh wait, we've made a mistake. Uh, We've got to change those dates. You know, that doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. So we have to make sure that the dates are set and we try to get all the venues uh, Mm -hmm. set as well. But in the springtime we run into uh, doing that a lot. We're Mm -hmm. working with venues We're working with lodging partners. Lil, you're the director of sponsor relations. So you're spending a lot of time with sponsors and Mm -hmm. giving a report on how it went and following up Mm -hmm. and making sure that they're feeling good about the relationship and wanting to come back. And, and those relationships are important. That, they are. That offsets the expense of mm-hmm. the games by as much as 40, 45 percent, depending on the mm-hmm. year. So so that's a really big, important thing that happens in the springtime. And then on March 1st, like everything's got to be kind of set in stone <laughs> because right. that's when registration opens up for our individual yeah. athletes. And so the website's got to be updated and accurate. And mm-hmm. if there are any rule changes, they've got to be in place. And again, the venues, we, we've got to have the venues in place yep. and sponsors and all that kind of stuff. So the, you can see there's still, there's a lot of stuff that goes <laughs> on. And, and by March 1st, we're all, already well into our marketing campaign. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so we've got, you know, ads to design and social media to keep updated right. and all those kinds of things. And then we also do a lot of person to person recruiting so mm-hmm. we're, we're visiting other events and we're mm-hmm. going to senior games in other states and even in other countries sometimes yeah. and uh, trying to build relationships and just encourage athletes to come and be a part of what we think is we think it's the best games right. out there right maybe we're biased I don't know <laughs> but uh, again just there's a lot that there goes on there is a lot and uh, it it doesn't happen by itself right no. So uh, so all of that happens, you know, leading up through that uh, marketing and mm-hmm. recruitment period to the point where we get registration. The early bird registration mm-hmm. ends on August 1st, and then we have another month of registration where, mm-hmm. where, uh, where we get a, a big influx of athletes that come in, and then registration ends on September 1st. Yes. And then we have just a few weeks to put together schedules for <laughs> almost 400 softball teams yes. and almost 250 volleyball teams and five. 500 tennis players and you know all those things have got to be done in a very short Mm -hmm. window of time so that we're ready on the first day of the games which next year will be October October 9th 9th to hold the World Senior Games again so Mm -hmm. so there you go that's our life so I I don't always have an opportunity to explain that in full detail to everybody who asks so what do you do the rest of the year but um, there's a lot that goes on and 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 it's a lot of fun as well there's just some great stuff so I thought that would be just interesting to kind of give you an overview of what we do during the rest of the year and then the games themselves are just 
madcap pandemonium <laughs> and fun, right? Right. So, Lil, today's guest yes. is a health promotions and wellness operations manager at Intermountain Healthcare, Alan Christensen. He's a mm-hmm. repeat guest. We've yes. had him on many times. Yes. We're always excited to have Alan. Alan, yeah. welcome to the show. Yes. Hey, thank you, guys. <laughs> and it's really nice to hear about all the things that are going on. Have you guys considered making like a little mini documentary to we capture should. all this? That's not a bad idea. We That's should. That's not a bad idea because there is a lot that goes on. Anything that caught you off guard, like as far as you're like, I mean... I didn't know you guys did that. Well, I, th- I think just the ongoing thing where January 1, you're already starting to kind of kick where you yeah. think you've got a little bit of time. But No, I we've got to be ready. We've yeah. got to be ready because yeah. registration for teams opens. So. Well, and I think even just the idea that you guys are juggling this while the the, the Ironman's happening. We had the Ironman <laughs> just recently. Yeah. We have the St. George Marathon yeah. earlier in the month. So you're kind of like right in between sandwiched. And so just trying to juggle that with other competing events that are pretty world you know world or at least yeah. you know, nationally renowned like that's a lot to balance yeah well certainly for the community yeah. and there are resources that you know i don't want to say we're competing for resources because man we have just great partners we do we work so well with the city and you mentioned the iron man that doesn't happen right after us every year but it yeah. did happen this year yeah. but, but great partners and you know everybody kind of works together and we give and take and compromise and and yet mm-hmm. still able to put on these world-class events but yeah but it's a lot you it know is. it's a lot and i give you guys a lot of credit kudos yeah. i mean i got to go in throughout the events and oh, yeah. um it was a lot of fun yeah. i mean yeah. the concert was great you guys did a lot of great work and i just know that the people don't recognize that and so having something just to highlight and spin to kind of give people a flavor and taste of what goes through i mean you certainly get probably a lot more appreciation yeah well and, and that's <laughs> thank you yes, I mean, we appreciate you. that and certainly we're not doing it for that reason but there is a lot of um a, a lot of questions i get yeah. a lot of questions so what do you do what do you do the yeah. rest of the year what are you doing right now what do you do for your real job <laughs> because you know the games are only you know, two only weeks. in october so what do you do the rest <laughs> right. of the time and so just there's a lot that happens yeah and and again all of it's fun. All yeah. of it's fun. We love it. So today, Ellen, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, a training program that you're just starting. Tell us a little bit about it. Is it is it uh, something that's available to everybody, or how does it work? So this is really more on a national scale, and, and I think why it was important. Something really, I think, in healthcare uh, is really unknown. Health coaching. Hmm. Um, and so when we think of health coaching. Um, a lot of people, a lot of times I bring this up, it's what is that? Yeah. Um, and it's really the idea, the notion that we're really trying to help people, you know, change is hard. Mm-hmm. And when you start thinking about health, you know, stress management, nutrition, physical activities, time management, if you're really faulting on one area, you're really probably, you know, faulting in, in other areas. It's, it's, <laughs> it spreads, right? It spreads. Yeah. Yes. So it becomes overwhelming. <laughs> yes. And so the idea is how do we provide resources? You know, even when we think in the context of we see our physician and our provider and how often do we see them? And, you know, if you see a dietitian or whoever it is you see in the health system, you're not mm-hmm. having a ton of interaction. So what happens in between? And so how do you stay motivated? How do you have that accountability? How do you have that support? And so I think that's where health coaching really comes into play. And that's the element, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, when it comes right down to it, I don't think anybody is surprised when they're told, you really ought to eat some fruits and vegetables and exercise a little bit. It's not like, what? I've never heard of this before. I wish someone had told me when I was in my 20s. We all know what we're supposed to do. Exactly. But knowing what we're supposed to do and actually implementing those things are not always done and they're very very difficult mm-hmm. yeah and i think that's where even with the health coach i think sometimes people go into the thing is just like i'm here to see you to help me do what i need to do 
And the reality is for health coaching, it's really the person who's there is to be in the, in the passenger seat, but really the person who's the driver of the change is the individual. It has to be, right? It has to be. Yeah. So the coach becomes kind of a cheerleader. They become kind of a, a mentor, a guiding individual that kind of just where are they at? What are the things that potentially are, are getting them stuck? Um, and a lot of it, and I'm going through the training right now to become uh, a health coach. Mm. And it's helped me to real, realize that you kind of have to take the expert hat off. And you're really more, if you're talking more than the individual you're working with, then you're not, you're not doing effective Something's health coaching. Something's being misconnected yeah. there, right? Yeah. And so, you know, it's been an interesting experience going through that and trying to practice a re-paradigm of like asking questions and, you know, posing reflections and really driving to get to the heart of helping the individual see it and then coming up with the solution. So the idea of, you know, even asking, what do you want to work on today? And, you know, setting goals and then going back to those goals and saying, you know, how did it go? What are the things that you want to discuss? What do you want to drive? What do you want? How do you want to use your time? This is your time. So how mm-hmm. do you want to do that? Mm-hmm. I'm here to be in a listening board and support. So it's a change. It's a yeah. little bit of a change. Well, it, it's uh, it, absolutely. And, and feels like, as you said, kind of a, from a national standpoint, a big picture standpoint and every, you know, every country handles healthcare differently. And some cultures are very, very, um, wellness oriented just within the culture i will say it feels like here in the united states we're more like let's fix a problem when it when the problem happens and not so much let's prevent a problem before Mm -hmm. it happens although i feel like there is a shift and certainly there are individuals that are all about that but i'm just saying generally speaking across the nation it feels like our healthcare system has been built to fix a problem and it and it's kind of exciting to see um, healthcare, the healthcare industry, and certainly in some ways being led by Intermountain Healthcare right mm-hmm. here in our backyard, more towards that concept of let's prevent a problem right. before we get there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that was the main thing that drove me to come this way is to think about, you know, where you could be meeting with your provider and working with a dietitian and also meeting with an exercise specialist and maybe you know a clinical social worker to really have mental well-being checks and really this this holistic approach to address the individual mm-hmm. um, and be more proactive. And I think I do see um, healthcare shifting more to become that idea of how do we work more upstream to prevent these issues before they become a crisis. And yeah. then right. everyone's trying to access the crisis with the limited amount of providers that are available. And so I think there's, there's, I think there's definitely opportunity even for my healthcare professional standpoint of of access of how we can help fix the problem for ourselves yeah Yeah, you mentioned opportunity it feels it feels like there's a little bit of a vacuum that that can be filled Mm -hmm. and uh, i think there's some exciting things out there in the industry the other thing that we're not going to get in today though that i think is also very exciting along those lines is the genetic aspect and i Mm -hmm. know there's been so many studies that are just beginning and that have been underway for the past several years again some of that led here by intermountain healthcare um, but th- but that's really exciting to me too is to understand what your genetic predisposition is and then you know you, you know you have those predispositions so now you start watching for it rather mm-hmm. than just wait until it's stage four and too <laughs> yep. late and like right. I said we're not going to talk about that today maybe we'll have Dr. Nate out sometime and we can get into that today we're talking about health coaching <laughs> but it's still an exciting aspect of healthcare in being a little bit more proactive and trying to get in front of problems rather than trying to fix them once they've already occurred mm-hmm. yeah 
Yeah, and we're trying to figure out within healthcare what that looks like. It's still very new. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the AMA, so the American Medical Association, actually in the in January 2020, they set a tone where they approved um, these Category Three codes. Um, so the AMA usually sets the tone of like what insurances will reimburse for. Oh, okay. So they've set these Category Three, which is really more from a health coaching standpoint, codes that we can essentially drop. Um, more for data collection purposes. So they typically are not being reimbursed for services that insurance will cover, yet the idea is really to get a baseline and identify how well this is utilized with the hopes that it will switch and become a category one from the AMA, which more likely would be reimbursable from health insurances. Mm -hmm. So we realize that we live in a world where if health insurance covers it, more likely it's going to get utilized right. a lot more because, you know, people don't have to pay out addition out of their pocket what they're already paying for for their health yeah. insurance. And this is such an interesting and I think exciting prospect, right? And it'll be interesting, as you said, I didn't know about the codes or level three or level one. That's brand new to me. But if level three is the data gathering time, uh, it'll be interesting to see that, and and I uh, and I suspect that I, I don't know. I'm just I'm just throwing <laughs> ideas out there. What do I know? I don't know anything about this, but I suspect that we will find that it is less expensive to be preemptive than it is to be reactive. Oh, absolutely. And I I feel like when you first said that, my first reaction was, um, I don't I, I if. My first reaction was, that's going to be too expensive and it's probably not going to work. But the more you talked and the more I started thinking about it, I thought, no, I'll bet you they're going to find that it's going to be less expensive. There's going to be an investment. Certainly there's going to be a cost, Mm -hmm. but if you can get in front of it and then never have to have that surgery or those extended hospital stays Mm -hmm. or the trip to the emergency room because of the heart attack or Mm -hmm. whatever it is that's going on. Um, it feels like maybe it's going to be less expensive in the long run. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, that's good. That goes with the saying that that, what is it? Uh, a pound of, an ounce of, of prevention, prevention is worth a pound, pound of, of cure. cure. Yeah. Exactly. And so I think the vision is that if we can start growing the right direction, right? That like healthcare is the reason I think the purpose of why we're here and why people get into the field mm-hmm. is they want to help people live the healthiest life possible. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we're focused on. And I think with health coaching, there's definitely um, in the American Lifestyle Medicine uh, Journal, there's actually a study that showed the effectiveness of health coaching on the clinical side and that you know, really from these changes that they saw impacts in blood pressure, cholesterol, uh, blood sugar, body weight, cardiovascular fitness. So, I mean, mm. who wouldn't want improved areas right. in those, you know, in those values, right? Absolutely. Those right. are all contributors to chronic mm-hmm. diseases mm-hmm. that are very expensive at the back end. Yeah. 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 And so I think if we can identify ways to help an individual who may, going back to what you were talking about with genetic predisposition factors, who may be more prone to having cardiovascular disease, lifestyle is a huge area where it can be impacted to prevent that. It won't foolproof it, but if there's a way that, if you knew that you can reduce your chance of having a heart attack by 40% by doing nutrition, physical activity, and some of these components that are lifestyle related, would you would you hedge on those bets? Right. And then you had some help to do it. Right. Because once again, like we all know <laughs> you're not supposed to eat, you know, bacon every single day. And we know that you're <laughs> supposed to walk or run. You're, we, we know these things. These are not surprises to any of us. But to be able to have someone there that can be a cheerleader or be a guide or a director or point you in the right direction or just answer your questions. It feels like a winning combination. Absolutely. And I think where we see the value, I think even in our, in our Livewell center is how do they become kind of the thread 
that threads the the needle amongst the the providers that this individual may be interacting with. So mm-hmm. the dietitian, they may be seeing them. They might be working with an exercise physiologist. They may be seeing our provider. Who's going to help kind of Pull bring those together. things together? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's where I see the health coach comes into play where, you know, you work with them on a regular basis and they can, you know, go through virtually phone appointments in person. There's a lot of different avenues to kind of talk to. And then we foresee this individual working with our providers to keep them up to date with what's going on so that we can best serve the individual with their needs and where they want to go. So this feels new and change is hard, as you said. (laughs) Change individually is hard and certainly culturally, societally, it's very difficult as well. But it still sounds exciting at the same time. If someone's listening to this and they're, you know, in, in the Midwest or on the East Coast or something, uh, thinking, hey, this sounds like a great idea. How do I find myself a health coach? Are, is there a, a national clearinghouse? Is there a way to do that? Is it like local Google searches? How do you con- get connected? Yeah, so there's so I, I could kind of go off and off of my journey right now. So I'm going through the education to, you know, I think make the first step. But you can actually become a nationally board certified health health and wellness coach. So there's an organization, if you type in health coaching, you can probably find that and you'll find that the, the national board that kind of certifies that. Um, and there's, they would be in the individuals who are nationally board certified would be in that database where they yeah. can identify it. But I know the recommendation from, you know, health professionals is that really, you know, speak with your provider about that because I think this is becoming a more emerging area in healthcare. Mm-hmm. So if there's recommendations that they can provide, certainly explore that and, you know, um, Google certainly helps out a lot too. <laughs> for sure, right? right. For sure. And I, I also think that, you know, that again, this concept within the senior sports community, which is mm-hmm. kind of our audience, that's who we work with, mm-hmm. like there's already an understood uh, and acceptance of coaching for the betterment of what it is that you're doing. Yeah. You know, if you want to be a better tennis player, then you grab a coach that, that can help you do that. If you've never done a triathlon before, you have no idea where to start, you get a coach that can help you do that. If you if you know that, that you know, you're a hundred meter sprinter and that's the thing that you do, but you want to shave off tenths of seconds or even hundreds of seconds, you get a coach, yeah. right? So to be able to approach your holistic overall health and wellness concept with a coach I think makes a lot of sense within the sports community but even outside of that community it still just it just feels like man this this is kind of an exciting concept yeah. that makes a lot of sense yeah. yeah yeah I'm excited to see what comes from it but I, I think it's something that still is very new and just unknown and I thought that's why yeah. it would be good to mm-hmm. at least sit yeah. down with you guys and talk a little bit more chat, about yeah. chat about it a little bit so we've only got about 30 seconds and I know you're still going through the process but um, any like Ma- there's no magic bullets or levers or you pull, but what's one what of the biggest things that you're learning as a health coach that makes the biggest impact with people? It's really all about focusing on the individual that you're working with. I mean, it's, again, I think asking the right questions and really digging in to understand the interest and the motivation. I mean, you know, we're all motivated by different things. And so rather than think what the professional or the, the health coach thinks needs to happen, it's really trying to identify where does that individual want to go? Where do they want to start? Where do they want to go? You know, and there's a lot of different factors and go with that and just take it piece by piece. I think motivational interviewing, I think is something that, you know, again, looking at the positive than the negative um, to really drive change. And it's just step by step. I think you get there. 
Mm. I like that. I do too. I like that. And again, it makes sense and it feels like it's a model that's working in other areas. I know, you know, I've sat down with financial planners before and that's the first thing they don't, they don't come and say, I think you should buy Google and Amazon. And that's not the way that it starts. It always starts with, you know, what's your, what's your tolerance for risk and what are your goals and where do you want to end up and where do you want to go? And I think approaching healthcare from that standpoint makes a lot of sense as well. Yeah. Alan, thank you so much. Thank you both for for joining us today. Always a pleasure. Sharing kind of a new and exciting area of yeah. healthcare, and uh, yeah. we look forward to having you back sometime and learning more from what you're uh, picking up with this uh, new certification. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Awesome. Interesting stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, very. Yeah, good stuff. I, I'm... Uh, I, I don't know if you could tell, but I'm kind of intrigued. Yes. Lil, yes. by this whole concept. I think it's cool. So just to wrap us up here, uh, you know, as I said, the, the games are over. We're in the middle mm-hmm. of that kind of cleaning up con- process and, and concept. Uh, we're also working on getting all of our official results online. Mm-hmm. And I think we're only one sport away, unless that's Ooh. already been done today. So I know that, I know that the <laughs> vast majority of our official results are already online. Mm-hmm. You can find those at SeniorGames.net and, and check them out, you know, yeah. if if you won a medal, you want to see your name in print. That's kind that's of fun. That's right. If you didn't quite make it <laughs> and you want to know what those times were or that distance was that you've got to beat, that's available there. If you've never yeah. even competed or even heard of the World Senior Games, right. you're just hearing about it for the very first time, SeniorGames.net is where you can check out some of those results mm-hmm. to see where you might stack up. It's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. All of that, again, once again, available at SeniorGames.net. We want to remind you to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. Of course, we take this live show and turn it into a podcast, and you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they are found. If you are listening by podcast, take a moment and give us a rating or write a quick review, and then you can find this as well as previous shows right on our website, once again, at seniorgames.net. So check that out. Today's inspirational thought, Lil, it's simple. It's a simple one, but it's still true. Okay. And it is this. A little progress each day adds up to big results. Until next Thursday, stay active.